Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hello, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. You came at that so smoky, I feel like. I know, I felt like a news broadcaster. Well, like a sexy newscaster. Like a sexy newscaster. Hi, I'm Rachel McElroy, and this is sexy news. And here's the news. Is that (laughs) Is that the... I don't know how to... No, it was good. uh, ...entice people. (laughs) Clearly, that's not true. Here's the news. Now I'm revved up and ready for news. I only know it works for you. Yeah. And it's that voice. Yeah, I think just looking, whenever I turn on news, there's very little that could be done to make it sexy, I feel like. Yeah, no, I know. It's never like, here's a new business that opened up. It's like usually rough stuff that you just can't sex up. You just can't do it. You can't punch it up mm-hmm. with sex. Um, but maybe you could. I don't know. I think you missed your calling. Uh, you know, I thought I wanted to be a journalist briefly. Yeah. Uh, but turns out I'm just, just a regular journalist, though, right? Yeah. Not like a sexy journalist. No, it's just because I'm curious. Yeah, you are. But then, you know, after that, there's really no other interest. <laughs> yeah. Well, getting like a like a perm, there's always a lot of quaff, oh, quaff yeah, that happens. I would have to get a, a broadcaster haircut. Yeah. I don't want that. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's not <laughs> my favorite type of haircut. I'm too edgy for the you news. You are. You're like alt and emo, kind of. Okay. Don't you have big... Those sort, are things. Don't you think you have sort of emo, goth vibes? And no. then how you would categorize yourself? No, I don't think anyone has ever categorized me as that. As emo or goth? Well, definitely not goth, let's say. I feel like those were the... If you didn't want to be a jock, you had to choose between those two yeah. in high school for me. And yeah. so I definitely trended t- toward the emo route. Yeah, of course. But I was a pretty big poser, I think. Mm-hmm. It wasn't my favorite type of, of music. I tolerated Dashboard Confessional. Wow, here he comes. <laughs> yeah, I, is that a controversial know. opinion? I don't know. Okay. Your hopes are so high that you kiss my kill me. You know that one? No. Oh, really? No. Hands down, this is the best day I can ever remember. You don't know that one? No. All right. Well, fuck me, I guess. <laughs> you got a small wonder? I was hoping you would go first. You was hoping I would go first. I was. Um, um I uh, I did some uh, switch modding. I have I had a switch light that I customized and made like all white, and it was very sleek. And then I ate um, tasty curry popcorn uh, from a restaurant here in town, <laughs> and I stained I stained the console bright yellow. <laughs> Uh, and so, and also I just like left it out in our living room and Gus got to it. And so like the screen was all scratched up. There's so much about this story that could only happen to you. I know. Right. (laughs) Uh, and so I, I gave it a new shell, new buttons, new screen. Uh, and it was very satisfying. And I have, I acquired this toolkit from I think a place called iFixit and it's just got everything. And this little, like it folds out and then it's got like like 40 different screwdriver tips with like a really nice screwdriver yeah, body and I will like let tweezers like, and like all kinds of great stuff. I will take Gus upstairs to kind of kill some time. Yeah, you uh, shouldn't do that. And I saw your office and yeah. I saw everything that was on the ground and I just promptly closed that door. <laughs> I'm an artist, you know? And so cleanliness is not one of my main, I mean, on the desk, in my work area, it's got to be totally sanitized oh, yeah. and clean. But then I'll open up something and just throw it on the ground when I'm done with it. Do you think he became an artist as an excuse to not be cleanly? Yes. 
I think you have to choose between those two things at some point in your life. And well, I, I better be choice. an artist so yeah. I don't have to clean up. What about you? Uh, so I thought of this. Mine is actually related to cleaning up. And it is when someone is going to come over to your house and it gives you a reason to clean up. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> we have somebody coming over to our house later today. And I thought, oh, it would be good to clean up a little bit. Yeah. And I realized that I probably wouldn't have do done that. that. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. Yeah. My mom took that very seriously. Mine too. And it was always kind of nice to, cause like, when you had friends coming over, there were there would be the furniture would be polished with that lemon scented stuff that was oh. so good. See, my mom's big thing. I would tell her someone is going to come pick me up, and they probably wouldn't even come in the house, but she would still vacuum. Yeah, <laughs> I would hear her. Did vacuuming. she use the powder? I don't know what the sometimes yeah because okay. we had cats and so it was like a, a necessity to put the powder on the rug. I've never, as an adult, used powder and vacuumed it up, so I don't know if that's a thing that people just don't do anymore. But there, she, my mom always used this just like very powerful floral powder uh-huh. on the floor that well, she would carpet, then vacuum up. Carpet as a whole is not as much of a popular thing these days. I love carpet. I know, me too. But I like, I like having a mix of both. I think. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, you go first this week. Okay, I can't wait. What I do you actually, got? I actually thought of this last week. I felt really on the ball because okay. I thought, okay, let me look and see if this is a thing. Oh, this is interesting. Now I have my topic already okay. in advance, and it is the wave. The wave? Have we not done the wave? Oh, <laughs> you did the green wave, which is what it's called when you hit every green light. Oh, okay. I don't see the wave I'm talking about, which is in a stadium. Yeah. I like a wave. I do too. I like have, interactive fun. Have you participated in a wave? Of course I've participated in a wave. What sporting event was it? Uh, a lot of Marshall football games. Football games, okay. Yeah. Uh, gosh, I, I know I've participated in quite a few, but like they're not big in baseball, are they? They're huge in baseball. Oh, are they? Baseball is Okay, like, well then that's probably where I've done the most waves is at the Great okay. American Ballpark. I was going to say, like specifically baseball is great. Because um, you don't have anything else to do. Exactly, like the wave. The sport's not very fun to watch. And so like you got to entertain yourself somehow. <laughs> I was going to get to this later, but there was an NPR article from 2016 that talks about the physics and psychology of the wave. Uh, and it basically says, like, you have to be in a situation where the mood of the crowd is right. Yeah. Uh, specifically, you know, if it seems like the home team is going to win or if there's not a lot going on. Yeah. Which and in baseball. 100%. 100%. Always. Like, like doing the wave in, in a high stakes game where anything could happen. And if you move your vision away from it. Yeah. You could miss it. Like, yeah. That's not going to happen. No way. Uh, so the reason I, I thought the wave would be a good topic is there is actually like a very specific origin story for it. Oh, okay. Uh, so the wave, at least according to the research that I have seen, is approximately 40 years old. Wow. Yeah. That's not very old. No, I know. I feel like we should have cracked that one way earlier. I think when I was looking at like what old cheerleading used to be, it was just a lot of like shouting and a lot of particular section work. Like, hey, this section, get loud. All right, now this section, can you be louder than that section? There's a lot of that. Uh, But the person who takes credit for the wave is Crazy George Henderson. I love this guy already. (laughs) Crazy with a K. That's important. Even better. (laughs) He was uh, leading uh, a cheer in 1981 at a baseball game. 
And it was specifically, it was October 15th, 1981. That becomes important. Um, and what he had done uh, was he was doing that thing where he was doing section work, but the the fans were kind of delayed in their response and it kind of resulted in a sort of wave pattern that then continued throughout oh, the stadium. Oh, wow. So he's like, hey, it was me and it was on videotape. October 31st, so 16 days later, a wave was created at a University of Washington football game and they said, we popularized the wave. Stop and it was it. like it's like, hey, hey, sixteen days earlier we have videotape of Crazy George doing this. Don't take this from Crazy George. I he probably doesn't have much else. By the way, if you go to crazygeorge.com, you can see uh, his biography, his memoir, and then there's also a section of the website called Controversy Settled. <laughs> awesome. That's fucking great. <laughs> Where he shows that video of him leading the first document. Not much of a controversy. I know, but for him it was. Yeah, absolutely. If you create the wave, you got you got to really plant your flag there. Uh, Crazy George started cheerleading as a student at California State University in 1968, and then basically made it his whole career. <laughs> That's like, cool. Basically, his whole life. If you again go to the website I mentioned, he has cheered at NFL games, at MLB games, at NHL games, uh, at a variety of university games, minor league hockey. Uh, he also does corporate events. <laughs> I love that. Watch me tear this phone book in half. I started watching the video. I couldn't get through it, but like some company had hired him to go through their event, and it like is a video of him going up and down the aisles of people banging his drum, getting them excited. It's so uncomfortable. To yeah, watch. I bet, man. <laughs> there was probably an era where that would get some some uh, you know team building going, but I do not think this is the era. I think people don't have time for that. Uh, so the wave, so I mentioned this NPR story, um, there was, uh, some researchers that decided, Hey, how weird that like they can get people to stand up and do this. Uh, and it's totally unplanned, but highly coordinated. You know, I wonder if there's like any factors or like things that motivate the success of the wave. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, this researcher and his colleagues uh, looked at a dozen videotapes of waves and built computer models around the wave uh, and zeroed in on three key parameters, the distance between audience members. Okay. Uh, how many neighbors an audience member could see. Uh, the readiness uh, of an individual to start standing up. How do you measure that? <laughs> assuming that others nearby are already standing. Yeah. I think. Are I, they holding two hot dogs? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Are they looking at a newspaper? Do they have two, a hot dog in each hand and holding a beer in their lap? I wonder if the success of the wave has faltered due to smartphones. Ooh. Right? Like you're you're looking down at that device and the person next to you is trying to get a wave going. Or maybe the wave has combated this, the rise of smartphones. Discuss that. <laughs> Speak on that. So you're saying that people enjoy the wave so much that they don't want to use their smartphones. And that's when we ready. connect. What better sort of connection with humanity is there than participating in a wave? I don't know. I can't think of one. I mean, that's part of the reason I like it. Yeah, sure. I remember as a kid, I mean, I don't know if you remember this, but at baseball games, feeling like very intent on doing my part for the wave. Yeah. And really following it around. 
and really making sure like, okay, I've, I've got to do this. Wasn't there an SN- wasn't there an SNL sketch or a kids in the hall sketch about a guy who like really endeavored to start a wave? <laughs> I don't know. This this feels this feels right to me. I can't remember which of those shows it was, but it was just somebody who was like extremely, <laughs> extremely like they were the guy who starts the wave at the games. It does seem like an SNL thing. And they're like, pretty good wave, huh? That was me. <laughs> I mean, that is kind of what Crazy George is all yeah, about. Yeah, that's a fair point. Uh, so according to the researchers, it only takes about 20 to 35 people to really start a wave. That's a lot of coordination, though. Yeah. I mean, you really have to work at that. You got to stand up and say, hey, everyone, this is the join me. This is the success of Crazy George. Yeah. Uh, according to Crazy George, um, he has been the reason for some rules in professional sports. Uh Uh-oh. Uh, Supposedly, in 1989, the NFL adopted a rule specifically targeting, quote, noise-making specialists hired exclusively for that purpose of disrupting play calling, a rule that Henderson says was aimed at him. Uh, The Vikings apparently lodged an objection claiming that the cheering inspired by George disrupted the signal calling of the uh officials tough shit like the vikings lost 21 to 16 because i guess the crowd was too loud okay go play (laughs) somewhere else play private private little skirmishes you're in a you're you're a football player you don't want people to yell at you you know i don't i i recognize that it is probably hard to hear sometimes when the crowd gets rowdy yes uh and i guess if you've got somebody like crazy george that seems to be instigating it yeah easy target but this is like a thing for some teams right like i think the seahawks have a stadium that is acoustically a nightmare for anybody on the field where just their voices of their of their fans are so wildly amplified yeah. that it just like hits you with this wall of sound. So it's like, that's sports, man. Like, <laughs> that's sports. If you can't take somebody yelling at you, that's that's that is what sports is. I don't know. Maybe that's a maybe that's a controversial opinion. I don't. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with you. I don't think it's. I don't think it should be anything that is prohibited. Right. Uh, but Crazy George was hired by a bunch of different entities. Uh, he worked for the California Golden Seals, which is not anything I knew about. It was a National Hockey League team from 1967 to 1976. I bet Hodgman knows all about it. I know, right? I bet he's got mad merch. <laughs> uh, he was scouted from the Seals to a San Jose Earthquakes team which was the soccer club uh at the time uh and he has gone on to work for uh nfl teams kansas city chiefs hired him in 1975 damn just just literally like running around banging his drum i'll give you a little a little look at him just so you can see he's everything you want him to be yeah I mean, it's exactly when I say Crazy George Henderson. If you go look him up, that's exactly what you that want. That is quite the haircut. It's exactly what you want, Crazy George Henderson. To Thank look you, like. Crazy George, for your many contributions. Mm-hmm. Um, that was great. Let's start a wave just right now. It's not when you do it to people; it's kind of a workout. <laughs> hey, can I steal you away? Yes. Griffin? Yeah. You know what's a shame? What? Is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different now? 
is Factor. These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. <laughs> Factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, there's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? <laughs> Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters. With, I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis um, website design or website functionality, and you think, that I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghost Rider, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be the same list as everybody else's with the Julia Stiles <laughs> episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality, like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people you can, you can sell uh, your time yeah you can do that also anything is possible that's um th- for the commercial the Super Bowl commercial they had that was my voice yelling anything is possible in the wow background. yeah not a lot of people know that hey head to squarespace.com slash wonderful pod for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use offer code wonderful pod to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain We got a couple rumple robs here. This first one's for Nick, and it's from Anna, who says, Nick, happy early or belated birthday. How come they think we can't thread the needle and get it right on it? Probably because they know that the birthday doesn't fall on this published date. Anyway, I love and appreciate you so much, even though you are a big dum-dum who is always trying to steal my dog. One day, we'll live in a big house with Ezra and Poe and your 50,000 unpainted miniatures. Love, Anna. 50,000 is a lot of miniatures to have painted or unpainted. Um, You should not, this is a very sweet message and you can tell there's a lot of love and a lot of affection there, but I do want to say don't steal dogs. And I know that this is maybe a controversial opinion, but I think that dogs shouldn't be stolen because they can't be owned. What do you think about Whoa. that? Wow. And would you say perhaps in the words of Griffin McElroy that they should vote? I do think they should vote, but also who saved who? <laughs> that's my whole thing like when i'm looking at my pupper's toe beans it's like who saved who <laughs> i don't own you there was a relationship we're in a partnership almost. a partnership what's uh, the next one the next one is for avery it is from tanner hey avery i feel so blessed to have spent the last two years together you've brought so much joy to my life and i couldn't wish for a better partner you are beautiful slash kind slash smart slash funny and a bigger blessing than I could have ever imagined. I'm so excited to get to spend the rest of our lives together. Happy birthday, and I love you a whole lot. 
I like that a lot. What's great is that this could air at any time. And so happy birthday any day, every day. Every day's your birthday when you're beautiful, kind, smart, funny. That's my favorite TLC album. Hey, if you want to enter the jar. <laughs> if you want to enter the jar, get in that jar right now. <laughs> if you want to enter the drawing we for a Jumbotron. We put in there. Your favorite <laughs> snacks are in the jar and there's holes in the lid. Get in the jar, please. Do you want me to talk about this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so there is a drawing to enter to win a Jumbotron spot on Wonderful. If you go to MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron drawing, I believe uh, as of this date of air, it may be the last or the day before the last day you can enter this drawing. Get in there. Do not sleep. So if you want to send a special message to your lover... Uh, we will do only that. that. That's the only <laughs> way we'll accept it. Seems to be the most of most of the ones we get. Uh, if you just love your lover and want the world to love your lover, yeah. the way that Griffin and I will soon love your lover. This is getting so freaking <laughs> weird, babe. Anyway, maximumfun.org slash jumbotron drawing. You're in a theater. The lights go down. You're about to get swept up by the characters and all their little details and interpersonal dramas. You look at them and think, that person is so obviously in love with their best friend. Wait, am I in love with my best friend? That character's mom is so overbearing. Why doesn't she just stand up to her? Oh, God, do I need to stand up to my own mother? If you've ever recognized yourself in a movie, then join me, Jordan Cruciola, for the podcast Feeling Seen. We've talked to author Susan Orlean on realizing her own marriage was falling apart after watching Adaptation, an adaptation of her own work, and comedian Hari Kondabolu on why Harold and Kumar was a depressingly important movie for Southeast Asians. So join me every Thursday for the Feeling Scene podcast here on Maximum Fun. Video games. Video games. Video games. You like them? Maybe you wish you had more time for them. Maybe you want to know the best ones to play. Maybe you want to know what happens to Mario when he dies. <laughs> In that case, you should check out Triple Click. It's a podcast about video games. A podcast about video games? But I don't have time for that. Sure you do. Once a week, kick back as three video game experts give you everything from critical takes on the hottest new releases to scoops, interviews, and explanations about how video games work to fascinating and sometimes weird stories about the games we love. Triple Click is hosted by me, Kirk Hamilton. Me, Jason Shire. And me, Maddie Myers. You can find Triple Click wherever you get your podcasts and listen at MaximumFun.org. Bye! I am done giving my topic the short shrift because we have discussed it in small wonder form, but I'm done hiding my light under a bushel and I'm done being ashamed. I want to talk about the circle. Oh, here we go. The circle is a reality competition show on Netflix. Uh, It came out uh, in the US in 2020, but it is based on a UK television show of the same name. It came out in 2018 and it's off the fucking chains. It is like, it It feels so exactly right for the time we are in, too. Yes. Like, it is the kind of thing that I imagine will be a time capsule, you know, 20 years from now. But, like, right now, it feels like exactly exactly the moment. It launched in uh, on U.S. Netflix during the origins of COVID, during the origins yeah. of quarantine. That's yeah. bonkers. Because the show, if you have never heard us talk about it before or haven't watched it, 
show is you got like eight or so strangers living in one big building, but they're sequestered in their own rooms, sequestered from the outside world and from each in other. In like little apartments. In little apartments. Like com- yeah, it's not like solitary. Yeah. Like they are, they are. They are comfortable living situations with kitchens and bathrooms. And they bedrooms. are fed. Yes. They have food and drink. So like they're, they're doing all right. Um, and the, the premise of the show is so simple that it sounds like, why, why is that? enjoyable in an era where there are much more evolved and complex sort of uh, um, reality competition shows you are shows basically, on the as a viewer, watching these people, like, text with each other. Text, that's all it is. So <laughs> uh, they're all separated from each other. They they don't meet face-to-face until, unless they make it to, like, the very, very end. And then, like, there's a sort of reunion thing that happens at the end. But otherwise, like, you don't actually get to meet these people that you are chatting with. And their only means of communication is this fake social media app called The Circle where they can post their profile uh, and photos. Uh, They can chat publicly or privately. uh, And they can participate in various little icebreaker games, essentially, that the the show throws at them from time to time. Yeah, they show up with their own, like, photo album of pictures, but, like, they make their bio and share information they want to share, like, on the spot. Yeah, and and so it's not a lot of information to go off of. Like, there's only a few, like, group chats in each, like, round or episode or whatever. Uh, And so it's all about, like, going with your gut and how you read somebody based on the very curated, limited amount of information that they are willing to share about themselves, which is what Soshi really is all about in 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 non competition game show form. In, so in each round, everybody rates their fellow players from you know first to last. Yeah, it's like ultimately it's a popularity contest. Absolutely, it is. Uh, and the top two players in the ratings become influencers who then usually they must mutually agree at that point to kick somebody off the show. Yeah. Uh, at which point, usually new contestants come in to, to replace them until you reach like the final, you know, six or whatever. Uh, and... That's like the baseline thing. And just as limited as it is, watching people... Except you didn't mention... Well, the catfishing. Yes. Watching people's sort of sense of deduction is what makes the show so compelling. And it is it is what makes the... We're on the fourth season now. Every season has been hot as fire, but also like has had people on it that you can't help but root for because you watch them try to suss people out because some people are not playing as themselves. They are catfishing as different personalities. Yeah, for whatever reason, they think that their that their character that they would be is not likely to win. And so they have chosen somebody they think is more likely to win, which can be a person that is older, a person that is younger, a person that is a different gender. Yeah. Like they, they bring a bunch of different options. They come with their photos and they embody that person that they choose. This season, there was a dude in his 20s who's playing his mom. And there was also a woman in her 20s who was playing her dad. And we were watching that, really hoping that there would be a a nice little meet-cute 
Uh, no spoilers end. but yeah we're no spoilers um but anyway it's it's interesting to see these people like w- what they choose to catfish as and then the ways that they try and be loyal to that persona yeah a lot of times they will choose like a generation for example that they have no knowledge about and mm-hmm. then they will like research slang and figure out what they would know as a person of that age yes it's, it's fascinating and what's funny about the catfishing is like the only mechanic of the circle is the ratings where people are chosen as influencers who then kick somebody off the show. And sometimes there's twists on that. Sometimes like the person who comes last in the ratings gets kicked off immediately. Sometimes they, they twist it up, but usually that's how it works. Right? So at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if someone's catfishing, you just need them to vote for you. Right? This is what Griffin and I keep talking about is that, Everybody gets really concerned with catching a catfish. Like the idea is that when you vote somebody off, you kind of want them to be not who they say they are, I guess, because it makes you feel better, like that you voted them off or right. you saw through some ruse. But it doesn't matter, ultimately. Right. Like, it's still a game. Yes. I mean, ultimately, you, there's there's something to be said for like dishonesty, right? You need to make alliances with people that you can trust will rate you highly and will have your back. If they become an influencer, they won't send you home, right? That's like the social game. And as as straightforward as that is, it presents a very distilled version of the social game of other like older reality shows like Survivor. Uh, and that's that's great. Like some, I love Survivor. Uh, we watch every season we have seen every episode of that show basically but it's kind of easy to get lost in the sauce a little bit when there's like a bunch of different people trying to make a bunch of different moves and you don't know who's doing what and sometimes like the story of a particular episode gets a little too complex for you to follow what's actually going on yeah well because they're around each other constantly yes like they are living together they are with each other 24 hours a day this is like the opposite of that like they have almost no contact so every exchange is like very targeted and very measured like you see people really agonize over every word of every message they send because there has to be an efficiency of info sharing without like Giving too much away. And the emojis. And the emojis. There's lots of emoji use. <laughs> and hearing pe- the way people describe emojis, especially older folks who are like, and then do the one of the guy and he's got his mouth open and he's cr- got crying tears, but he's not sad. Do that one, please, circle. Or like, oh, uh, okay, uh, circle, s- right, uh, stop it, but do a lot of extra letters. Yeah. <laughs> so- it's, it's my favorite type of reality show, too, because we have watched it for all four seasons now and it's it's simple enough that you can't help but like think of fun ways that they could sort of twist up the format and what's great is they have people working on that show who are extremely good at that and that makes you feel like i am being i am being seen like there are people who really like this show making this show and that's fucking great uh, this season, uh, uh, somebody becomes an influencer and their reward is that they can pick the next person that comes on from, from two different people. Only the thing is, the person that they pick is going to be played by the Spice Girls. Specifically, Baby Spice and Scary Spice, who then have to like go on this stealth mission to not get caught that they are the Spice Girls catfishing as somebody And this is else. not a spoiler. This happens in like this episode two. This happens very early <laughs> on. Uh, and it, that's funny. 
that's very good yeah, to, yeah. to then find people, watch people try to figure out who the Spice Girls are that they've been talking to the whole time. Uh-huh. Uh, that's very good. In one season, uh, an influencer got to control the Joker, which was basically an anonymous profile that could like hop in and talk shit and like get people all riled up without anybody knowing who yeah. it actually Another was. Another season, somebody got to play two, yes. two profiles. That was the best twist is somebody got basically a bonus profile that they could play at the same time as themselves. And then they had to like talk to each other sometimes. Like there was one time they both got into a group chat with someone. And so this guy had to run back and forth between these two rooms playing these two Yeah, roles. which he didn't, nobody, there was no rule that he had to do that. He just did it intentionally so that he could like Keep not, separate, not accidentally speak yeah. as himself when he's, yeah. Uh, and all of those little twists are so brilliant and add like just a little bit of an extra layer on top of what is already like an incredibly like uh, enthralling concept for a show. Well, yeah. And it also like a lot of reality television and, and we know this, like the drama is manufactured in a way that you start to kind of like, you just start to kind of hate the production of the show. Cause you can see people are being, you know, like pivoted against each other. Yeah. And, and that's not really an issue on that the is show. not the, what the circle definitely about. they definitely set up opportunities for people to kind of snipe at each other yes uh but it's like nobody is made to say certain things yes there is a there is a heartbreaking arc uh where this young man is playing uh this this sort of fashionable young woman he is catfishing as as a fashionable <laughs> young woman. And then one of the challenges, one of the like little icebreaker games is everybody has to put makeup on a mannequin. Yeah. And he just fucking tanks. And everybody is like, uh, well, that's catfish. That's clearly not right. That's clearly incorrect. So there are some times where you feel like, oh, this is kind of, they set them up to fail a little bit. But most of the time it is hands off and they are left up to their own devices to sleuth out not only who is the catfish but more importantly who is being honest with them and who is actually presenting an authentic version of someone whether it's themselves or the catfish that they're playing and putting out a good vibe yeah that they feel like they can trust like this person has my back and that's it like that's the only thing that matters in this game and seeing people try to figure that out it is a it is a just so so entertaining and it really magnetizes everybody and yeah. you feel like you are following the game you know what kind of game everybody's playing and you are rooting for them to succeed yeah and unlike you know are you the one or survivor like contestants are given like paper and post-it notes and they're able to like create these little walls with string of like who says what and why we think this person might be trustworthy and this person isn't you get to see them like map out their strategies in real time and and i think to sort of distill down the the kind of good heart that beats at the center of this show that you would not expect from a show that is essentially a a social media competition is when somebody gets kicked off the show, they have an opportunity to go visit one other player. Yeah. Uh, And so they can essentially find out if somebody was a catfish uh, or if they just had somebody they were close to that they want to like chat up and like tell, share their strategies and their thoughts to try to help them out. And you think like, oh, I bet that breaks bad a lot yeah. of people like I'm going to, you know, vindictively go visit somebody 
and then rat them out in my like goodbye message as being like a faker. But that almost never happens. It's no. almost always they walk into the room. And even if it's somebody who just directly, if they were an influencer that voted them off, it it, it maybe it's just because they haven't seen another human being in a while. <laughs> yeah. But it's like nice and people talk about like how wild an experience it is and oh man you did such a great job i had no idea you were at cafe like there's a respect for the game and each other that is so nice almost always after the visit the person that has been kicked off will be like all right i'm rooting for you and they will usually like reveal all the things they have found out yeah just so you know he said this to me and that should really be suspicious to you um, and then at the reunion at the very end, I think like, oh man, this is going to be rough because usually there will be like flirtations yeah. that will develop. And a lot of times the flirtation is happening between a catfish and a person yes. who is authentically themselves. And I think like, oh, it's going to be so awkward. And usually there's like a second of it being awkward. Yeah. And then it's just like, oh my gosh, you really got me. <laughs> there was a dude in the first season who played, a, uh, I think a woman who was kind of flirty. This has happened, I think, a couple seasons where somebody has had like a pretty flirtatious relationship with somebody who then like in the finale is revealed like, oh, that's, you're not them at all. And you think like, oh no, that's going to be a bummer. But they play it off for laughs like pretty much right away. Yeah, It's a phenomenal show. It is a show that is so much purer and uh, more enjoyable than I think anybody would guess at first blush. Yeah, I think it's easy to dismiss. You know, I feel like even when we watched the first episode, we were like, I don't know about this. Because you think like, oh, like the emojis and the texting and the popularity contest. Like, it feels like, oh, this isn't for us. You know, we're we're not like the hip young people. But when you see that (laughs) as like means to an end, when you see that, we're like, every emoji and hashtag as unpalatable as it is to my sensibilities is a sort of posturing where you are just trying to present this version of yourself or somebody else that people will feel uh, is trustworthy. Yeah. And that's really cool to like see how people do that and also seeing that as a sort of simulacrum of like how people do that shit on social media in real life. Like as as, uh, unbelievable as it sounds, like it does that really well. And even yeah. for somebody like me who does not give a rat's ass about social media for the most part, I think it's super fascinating. Yeah, I mean, it reminds me a little bit of like, I mean, in your context, it would be like when you are in like a production of a play. But like for me, it's like if you go to like a two day long conference or something, like you develop this little ecosystem within your little group and everybody's kind of like becomes, you know, friends for the week or whatever. Like it feels a lot like that of like. You know, when we went to like a childbirth class, for example, and yeah. it was like you have your little friends there and you develop like who does what and who says what. Yeah. And then it it's gone. Yeah, right. But like while you're in it, it feels very real. Yeah. I, I don't know. There's something about the circle that reminds me of that. It's a great show. There's They still have the UK version. There's a uh, the circle Brazil and I believe the circle France. And Japan too, right? No, I don't think Japan has the oh, circle. No. It has Love is Blind. I would think Love is Blind. Yeah. That would be fun. I th- honestly like. I would watch any of those shows. I've heard the Circle Brazil is off I the know, chains. I know. We need to watch. We need that. to. We need to dip. Maybe once we're done with this yeah. this season. Yeah. But this fourth season, I think, is still going on. Actually, I think it ends today, the day you're hearing this. Oh, really? Um, I thought they would they would par- parcel it out in like chunks. The way no, they, they usually, usually do. put up like a couple episodes a week. So like, it is a pretty short lived thing. But if you've never watched it, there's four seasons waiting for you, and g- genuinely. 
there has not been a weak season of this show. They have all been really fun. Uh, and and I cannot recommend this show enough. I, I think I was ashamed of my love, because I know we watch some garbage TV. Yeah. But a lot of the garbage TV we watch has let us down lately, and The Circle never fails that's, to yeah, satisfy. That's exactly right. So yeah, that's The Circle. And that was wonderful. And thanks to Bowen and Augustus for uh, the use of our theme song, Money Won't Pay. You can find a link to that in the episode description. Uh, thank you to you for listening. Thanks to Maximum Fun for having us on the network. Go to MaximumFun.org. Check out all the great shows that they have on there. Uh, shows like Triple Click and uh, Stop Podcasting Yourself. Um, oh, and if you missed uh, the recent live Adventure Zone. Oh, it's, my god, It's still available, right? Video on demand. Yes, it's available for like another week and a half. It was so funny. Y'all, we played a Jenga-based RPG called Dread. And it was a story about a vampire community and there's one human being that moves in and it's so, it was so off, off the rails, like right away. Uh, (laughs) It was, and it was one of those things where the fact that you all are in different locations actually like added an element to the show that I really liked. Cause you're all like playing your own little Jenga game and watching each other do it. It You get to watch our dad. (laughs) Build the worst tower. Has he played? Have you played he Jenga swore with him? on a stack of Bibles he had never played Jenga before. That's unreal. It's unreal to me. But anyway, it was a lot of fun. Go to I think just go to McElroy.family. You can find a link to uh, where where you can still get the video on demand for that. We also have shows coming up in Boston and Mash and Tucket and Salt Lake City and Portland and San Diego and DC and Detroit and Cincinnati. Wow. Coming up later this year. Did you like that? Good memory. Thanks. Yeah, it's, it's I, I've said it a lot. Uh, <laughs> so go to McElroy.family. You got a bunch of stuff at McElroyMerch.com too that you should go and uh, peruse at your pleasure. That's it. I thought you were going to say leisure. Did I say, what did I say? You said pleasure. Peruse at your pleasure. <laughs> That's nice. I like that. I like that. Peruse your pleasure. How about just peruse your pleasure? And that could be like the tagline for the show. I feel like I'm looking at an ad for Las Vegas in an in-flight magazine right now. (laughs) Absolutely. It's like one of those weird commercials where like Vegas used to do commercials where it's just like a bunch of people in like rabbit costumes like coming off an elevator and like shh. (laughs) And it would just be like Vegas. It's like, what the fuck does that? I don't want any of that. Are you kidding me? Anyway, go to Vegas. This episode is brought to you by the Vegas Council. (laughs) Annie up. What happens there is what happened. Peruse your pleasure. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.